Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan, and I'm joined here, as always, by Jonathan Marcy and Ona Reardon. And this is episode 15. We are very humbled and very excited to get this far. So I just want to take a sec at the beginning to just say thank you to everyone who's still listening. We have a humble little following, and we love it. It warms the cockles of our heart. Well, it does. Does mine anyway? Own? Does it warm the cockles of your heart? It does. What Mar- are cockles? Mar- Marcy, same question to you. Not really, no. Um, no, not at all. And if you could follow us on social media, that would be great. And uh, thank you so much. Um, today we are talking about um, Rockstar Games. Oh, very violent, very very violent <laughs> games. Now, so you know, fifteen A. This this episode's fifteen A. That's the Irish for. Or no, it's not R rated. No, I think it's 18, isn't it? 18. This, this, yeah. this is 18. This episode. Yeah. So children is cannot. A, there's not a 15 rating in Ireland, is there? There's 15 there accompanied. For, for movies, but not for video 15 games. A accompanied. 15 accompanied. So you can go in with an, oh. if you're under 15, you can go in an adult. But, well, um, and what's 15? Is it like a swear word or sex? Or what would make it 15s? Bums and bum holes. <laughs> bum holes. Yeah, wow. yeah. 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 But um, sorry, I turned into a train wreck immediately. Um, as always, as always, <laughs> as always, we begin with uh, uh, chatting about what games we're playing uh, recently. And spoiler, but me, me and Owen know what game Marcy is playing, so we're very excited. So Marcy, we'll begin with you today. Would you go to me first? I'm still laughing. He's still laughing. He's still laughing at the bumholes. I think. <laughs> go to Owen. Come back to Owen. Owen, we're jumping. At the bumholes. We're jumping to you. <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny i haven't played anything <laughs> yeah actually so f- before we get to marcy so i will do me because i haven't played anything either because it hasn't been that long since um we recorded our last episode and i i went on a lovely trip to um the coast i, I sat in a boat and i looked and shit looked at shit and i sat in the beach and i i, I chilled out but i i want to for a second if it's okay to talk about uh, the next game I'm going to play, which is the remake of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, Ooh. which is uh, coming out tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday. It's coming out tomorrow. And there's very few games I've had um, as much shower thoughts about than Skyward Sword. It's a game. I just It's a game that's, that's the image I wanted, Liam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Full wetsuit, if you want the image how it is in reality. <laughs> but because um, it's such a frustrating game, because I think, in my opinion, it's absolutely brilliant, yet shit at the same time there's so many bad design choices in it so i've always zelda games are always remade and they're always better in my opinion than the old ones so i'm so excited if they can release this version of skyward sword that's kind of sands off the rough edges and maybe you know get some new fans to that game but uh yeah i'll talk about that next time um i'm looking forward to hearing about it because i i have pretty fond memories of my time with skyward Sword. yeah you know there's a definitely a few quality of life things that um, they can 100% improve. And from what I know, then the little trailers and snippets that they were released, like the big changes are quality of life, which is being able to... I remember it was so monotonous, just the, the opening few hours of that oh, game. It absolutely. just held your hand so much. And having played Zelda for 20 years, that that's not exactly what you want. But I know that... <laughs> They've kind of sped up a lot of that, so I'm, I'm I am actually really interested to hear what you think, Liam. Yeah, yeah, it's a game of peaks and valleys in terms of pacing and just general quality. So there's a lot to improve. So I hope they do it. Also, it's weird. It's a there's a kind of a thing with Zelda and Zelda fans where you know Ocarina of Time came out and it was beloved, but then Majora's Mask came out and everyone was like, "This is weird," and there aren't enough dungeons, and no one liked it. Well, fans didn't like it, and then Wind Waker came out and everyone started loving Majora's Mask. They always love 
the last game and hate the new one. But that never happened to a Skyward Sword. It's just the most hated Zelda game of all time, probably. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see if they can win over new fans. But um, Marcy, what are you playing at the moment, please? Yeah, I'm ready now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm playing something that I put off playing for a very long time, really. Um, almost a year. Yeah, almost a year. Yeah. Um, I just, so it's The Last of Us 2. Um, I was a huge fan of the first game. Um, like it, it, it just struck such a chord at me. Um, after the other characters, I, I played it through, I think, three times. I think I, I ended up buying the remastered version as well. Um, I kind of put it off for a long time just because of, you know, COVID. It's such a heavy game, such a heavy subject matter usually. Um, and it's not, it's just not, it's a game I felt I had to be in the right kind of frame of mind to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, picked it up um, a couple of days ago, um, about two and a half hours, three, three hours in, I think, right now. Um, so I can't obviously give, you know, final verdicts on it and what I think of it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it someday. Um, but what I'm going to say is probably going to come across as really pretentious, but seeing as we're on a video game podcast, that's probably, <laughs> probably okay. Um, it's just really nice sometimes when you boot up a video game like that, that you know from the kind of very get-go is trying to be some form of art or is trying to make some sort of statement. And you feel it right away. There's this amazing moment in the very start of the game where um, Joel plays this song, um, which the name has kind of left me now, but it's by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, F- Future Cells, it's called. Um, and, it's a, it's, and it's a stunningly brilliant song. Um, and I was just kind of sitting there listening to it, and I kind of just completely got absorbed by that whole moment, that whole scene in the game. And it just suddenly kind of hit me. It's like, that hasn't happened to me in months in like a long time with a video game. Um, I kind of went back through like some of the games we've been playing recently, like Ghost of, how do you pronounce the second word? Tsushima. Tsushima, thank you very much. Um, I, did, I, that was, I put like 50 hours into that. I didn't have anywhere near a moment like that um, in that entire playthrough. And in the first hour of The Last of Us 2, I kind of pulled in a little bit. Um, as you kind of asked me the other day, Liam, I am completely unspoiled for it. And I know it was quite controversial. I actually don't really know why. Um, so I'm kind of enjoying that. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm playing right now, and it just feels really feels really great playing something that's like a proper AAA meaningful game. So I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm actually thinking of going back to it. It's would, been would it's you been do one year. as well? Um, I think so. Like I can power if I could skip one. I've I've played one a lot. I would do it just for because I didn't do that experience when I bought two. I didn't play one before actually, um, two. So I think this might be the time. Um, but I am very much considering going back and and playing two now that Marcy is is on that train. Um, but he's right. It's like, do I want to put myself in that headspace playing it right now? Mm. Do I want to play something a bit more joyful and 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 cheerful? Well, I've always been reluctant to talk about it on this podcast because just because you know we're new. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to be a little bit, at least tiny bit successful. And it is a really divisive, controversial game. And I just didn't want to touch it. But me and Owen have been very vocal about, you know, in the face of all the hatred, we absolutely love it. It's, it's one of my favorite games probably ever. And, oh, um, really? I didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, easy. okay. And I, know, I think oh. for sure if Marcy, fi- sorry, when Marcy finishes, if we will do a, hey, look, listen, episode on it for sure, I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I've been trying to find something to play, to be honest, Liam. Um, hmm. the, I've gone through like Steam sales to see what's happening on that side. I've gone, uh, as we were speaking offline, when I found out that The Witcher, you were able to cross-save between Switch and a yeah. PC, 
that was something that I did not know. And that, that was a game that I think I put 10 to 12 hours in on PlayStation. But I kind of stopped. And yeah. after hearing, Marcy, what you thought of it in, in particular, that it plays pretty well on Switch. Surprising, and that yeah. I could have, yeah, that I could have both the the premium experience when I want to have it at home and then I could take it on the go. Um, I think that's potentially something that I might jump into. But we'll, we'll see. It's been a pretty busy time for me with mm. with, uh, with work and uh, a few things. So um, it's a huge busy weekend. So I'm actually looking for a good excuse now to sit down and really get absorbed in something. Yeah, I think I do both of them if I was being... I think I do the whole saga. I do Last of Us. I do the DLC, what's that called? Left Behind. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I do... Uh, Sorry, we're, I'm going to edit that out. I completely zoned out. You were talking about The Witcher, weren't you? I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually getting my Rockstar thing ready. I'm so sorry. I was going to roast you for that. Um, leave it in. Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, should we get to the main event? As I said, we're talking about... We uh, shall. Pur- we're talking about a purveyor, a purveyor of very violent video games, but very, very almost cartoonishly successful video games. We're doing today's episode on Rockstar Games. Uh, Rockstar is an American video game publisher based in New York City. The company was uh, established in December 1998 as a subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive. Since 1999, several companies acquired by or established under Take-Two have become part of Rockstar Games, such as Rockstar Canada, which was renamed to Rockstar Toronto, uh, becoming the first one in 99, and Rockstar Dundee, which I believe became Rockstar North. All companies organized under Rockstar Games bear the Rockstar name and logo. Rockstar Games predominantly publish games in action-adventure genre. One such games franchise is Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the most recent game in the Grand Theft Auto series, Grand Theft Auto V, has sold over 140 million it's copies it's since, this, <laughs> since its release what? in September oh 2013. I don't know. I don't have this written here in front of me, but I believe it's the second or third best-selling game of all time. It's behind... Uh, Minecraft, and I think it's either Wii Sports, either that or Tetris. Or second, it's second. I can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, uh, but Rockstar, other popular franchises in the Rockstar um, under the Rockstar banner is a Red Dead franchise, Midnight Club, Max Payne, and Manhunt. But yeah, I guess I'll start it off with um, one of you. You can raise hands. Um, how you got into Rockstar? How you discovered it? Were you there from the beginning? With uh, I believe their first game was. I don't think they were called Rockstar then, but I believe the first game was the first Grand Theft Auto. I have such fond memories of that game. The top-down perspective is something that I'll always remember. <laughs> the men in the uh, orange, orange shirts. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Like that, it, that brings back so many memories. Uh, my cousins used to actually have it on the... I forget was it PlayStation or a PC that came first. Um, PC but I, is my guess from yeah, my memory. PC, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. I and I remember like seeing them play this game. I must have been Jesus, 10, 8, 10 years of age. Um, seeing this game, and it's funny, right? Because Rockstar and Grand Theft Auto might have this stigma behind them about how violent their games are, but when I saw Grand Theft Auto for the first time. Even at that young age, it wasn't violence that necessarily actually stuck out to me. It was, it was something that's been pretty prevalent in a lot of their their big successes, which has been you know freedom mm. and the freedom to uh, explore and kind of do stupid shit. To be quite honest <laughs> with you, Whatever it, it you want, wasn't yeah. it wasn't necessarily about the mowing 
people down. Like that, that didn't really appeal <laughs> to bit, me. A little bit was. It was fifty-fifty. Yeah, I yeah. liked when they lined up in a line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? The guys in the orange shirts did. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> Actually, everything you just said is correctly. I totally enjoyed mowing them. I, we uh, all did. We, we have a, um, a friend, uh, Mark Ronan. I don't know if Mark listens to the podcast. If you do, Mark, I love you. Hello. Um, <laughs> but he had it on his PC, and that's where I played it for the first time. And I just remember thinking it was just so fun. This is the t- yeah, the Grand Theft Auto 1. I think he had GTA London as well. Remember that one? The kind of spin-off. That, that was the first one I played, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I barely remember that one, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I just remember thinking it was so fun. But yeah, London. Was that your, your, how did you get into London, London and not the first one? I can't remember. I think uh, someone someone gave me a lens of it for like a, a weekend or so. No, do you know what it was? I actually uh, rented it from Chartbusters. Mm. Richard Buster's down by the, the shopping center. This is very, very localized talk. It's where we rented the cinematic masterpiece Alone in the Dark 2, I believe. <laughs> it, you were correct. And then yeah, history, we used to go rent our bad movies from Char Busters. Yeah, who aren't in business anymore, which is nah, really, really... They tried to do tanning beds at the end. <laughs> they did. Oh, embarrassing. They did embarrassing. do tanning beds. Yeah, yeah. Mark was always there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was my first exposure to it. Um, that and uh, probably, this is obviously many years later, but um, playing GTA 3 for the first time sticks at me mm. a, a, a big a big way as well. Seeing a 3D world like that, and when no one says freedom... Yeah, just on parallels um, and kind of freedom like that. But yeah, they're kind of the first two memories I think of when I think of Rockstar. Well, I I remember I, we didn't have, me and my brother, we didn't have a PlayStation 2 for its first year, uh, which wasn't a tragedy. There weren't many great games in that first year, if I remember correctly. But uh, then when Christmas was coming up and we were allowed to get a PlayStation 2 and we were allowed to get two games, that was the limit. And uh, I chosen, we had chosen our two games. It was, we chose Jack and Daxter and Devil May Cry. But I, mm. I remember then, you know, very, very good choices if I do say so myself. But then I remember going over to my friend Kev's house, Kev Doherty. Um, check out the Kev Doherty podcast. Why not? He's very good. But uh, he had Grand Theft Auto 3 for the PlayStation 2. And we just played it for hours and hours. And like you said, it was such an upgrade from that top-down one because it just felt so much real, so much, so much realer. Yeah. And, you know, you know just the, the scope of it and just the sense of play with it you know just fucking not even doing the story and the story isn't just fucking around with it as like it was unbelievable then i had a kind of crisis because i was like no i've already chosen my two playstation games but twist i have a birthday in january so i got it in my <laughs> for my birthday so this wasn't a story of tragedy this was a story of how how lucky and privileged i was as a young man i got <laughs> so i got grand theft auto 3 for my birthday and that's still to this day the most time i've ever put into a rockstar game and i have never finished a story mm. of that game I used to just play it all the time. I used to I remember there was a kind of an internet cafe place in that city that had a kind of glass and two sides, and I just used to jam a tank into it <laughs> and get five, get five stars and just yeah. see how long I could oh, survive the onslaught oh. of police that, yeah, that came after me. You, you brought know? me way back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I yeah. used to love that game. That, that game was um, hugely controversial. It was the first of Rockstar's many. I, I assume the first two. Uh, Grand Theft Auto games and London maybe were controversial too, but this was the first of many huge Rockstar controversial games. And it, like the game itself, really, it wasn't an evolution. It really was, or yeah, it was a revolution. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, that sure. was the Absolutely. real big. Um, I'm trying to think of any other game around that time that would have had, as Liam said, the scope um, of a 3D world. That was, you know, pretty much fully for fully realized. It was Liberty City, right? That, that, yeah, that Liberty was, City, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I remember 
being completely and utterly blown away by how immersive that world was, right? Matt, it was yeah. like they gave you the fr- pretty, and I thought, go back to freedom. It's like they gave it to you to do whatever you want. Full disclosure, I I don't think I've ever ever finished a like a Grand Theft Auto. I haven't game. Either. Oh wow! Yeah, if I'm gonna put this out there here this early, I've never finished a story mode in any Grand Theft Auto. I, I think I finished from since three. I finished the story mode in each of them. Yeah. But like, and, and I will talk about it later. But I'm still not a big fan, which is a weird thing to say then. But um, <laughs> it, it's the birth of open world games. In my opinion, yeah, it's, maybe it, it's the first real open world game where you could look at the map and go, "Hey, I want to drive there and go there." We'll get in the car and, and go do that. Um, but the one thing I think that is kind of cool about GTA Three the most is one thing you can't fault Rockstar for is is detail. Um, their attention to detail in games and the effort they put into them is pretty mind blowing, really. Even if there's some parts that aren't, you know, some of the story and the gameplay elements aren't amazing. Um, but as a kid. This is a what? Would you any idea what what year GTA Three came out? Is it two thousand one? Am I wrong? Yeah, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Okay. Um, so I remember getting absolutely addicted to Chatterbox, which was on the radio channels you had in the game when you were in yes. the car. Yes, you remember bringing that? it back. Yeah, Laszlo. Laszlo. Yes, you're mm. correct. Yeah, and I would. I remember being like super young, and I wouldn't even play the game. I would just have the radio channel on the settings. And listen to that. And I found it hilarious the, and addictive. The, the radio stations were one of the coolest They're things brilliant. in that game. You could cycle through many all these stations, and it felt living and alive. And you got all these bands um, who put their music into the game. Yeah, you know, you'd have yeah, and different genres and stuff like that. I remember, uh, forgive me, this particular band, but I just always remember sticks out in me. There was an interview with the guys. They're a kind of a. a um, electro kind of band who do the music for the Wipeout series, right? <laughs> and it was always stuck with me. And it was like, you've been doing uh, Wipeout games, you know, since the first one on the PlayStation 1. How'd you feel? And they're like, we're not creative. We're not creatively, um, you know, excited anymore. We want uh, a Grand Theft Auto station. We want to be in a Grand Theft Auto game. We, <laughs> we find that's like a much more interesting way to use our music. And it's just, because it, it, but it was like, it's so maybe so kind of understated now or kind of ignored maybe, but the, the radio station was one of the most notable things about GTA 3 mm-hmm. when it came out, I think. Absolutely. And then over time, it that, that also developed, right? Mm-hmm. So as in the implementation of television, because Marcy, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but was did Ricky Gervais have something in, in one of the later four. Grand Photos? In four, four, yeah. He had a little stand-up section, which was... Um... It was funny, but it was, yeah, it was odd. Yeah, it was like a weird like TV channel you could watch of, of him doing a little stand-up, yeah. Saying that, I actually, I can't remember the protagonist's name. He doesn't have in, a name. He's only named... In GTA Retro- 4 or 3? In 3. Oh, he's 3, only, yeah, he, 3 doesn't have a name, yeah. He does, he, he's named retroactively. His name is Claude. What? Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's, in, he's in San Andreas. Oh, you've blown That's my mind. Oh. character. Uh, wow. I don't know. Yeah, his name. Is, I don't think it's ever said in GTA Three, but his absolute name is Claude. I'm really glad I got to say that. Uh, <laughs> why wasn't Why wasn't that a question in your quiz last week, Marcia? I know it was about Nintendo, but, <laughs> but it got that one. First of all, I got a lot of feedback that I was fucked out of that quiz. Just so you know, <laughs> I, I didn't get any feedback, but I feel like you were fucked out of that quiz. <laughs> not like me. Like I, I don't make the rules. I was just. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you what you bought? One question then, just because you both alluded to it. What um. What stopped you both from from finishing um, with Pick GTA Three? Why not finish the story mode of GTA Three? What kind of held you back from doing that? I think, and I still think this, and I think it's crazy 
as good as they are as developers and like I mean they're inarguably fantastic um developers of video games but um I don't know the driving to a letter on the map to trigger a mission and you get a little chunk of story you do the mission there's a story that you finish up and then you drive to the next letter on the map becomes really tiresome to me after a while and it actually gets more tiresome it got more tiresome to me as that franchise evolved and got bigger as soon as you're in massive maps and i'm talking about games i like better than uh grand theft auto nearly the those cowboy games you know which i'm sure we'll get to i still find it a tiresome kind of um setup for um for a game to be honest i never found it interesting plus like they're funny like they're like they're really funny but like and well acted, and like, and the writing is good. But are they? Do, do any Grand Theft Auto games have a truly great story? I, I'm not even. I'm not saying that as a de facto statement. I'm asking ye. I never was like, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm th- I'm thinking of Vice City now, and that was class. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, I suppose I don't have great stories, and not for your original stories. That's what I would say. Well, they're not- yeah, they, yeah, they're um, shamelessly aping off cinema and yeah. particular and particular films, but like. In 2001, uh, when we were whatever age we were, very young, it was around for me anyway. It was around the time when I was properly getting into film, you know, and I was proper when I started. Was starting to watch Tarantino and Scorsese and maybe Michael Mann and whatever, just watching, you know, learning who filmmakers were and getting into you know film properly. And so I really appreciated a game like Grand Theft Auto Three that was seemed to be so st- and Vice City and San Andreas. Like afterwards, it seemed so steeped in a love of film and. With the voice acting and the production values in those games, which aged a little bit, it just, it was in that kind of adolescent times of games where games were growing up and it just felt really legitimate in comparison to other stuff. It felt like really, yeah, legitimate. It felt, uh, it felt kind of not, this, this wasn't your kid stuff. And now these days I kind of, I want kid stuff. <laughs> to be honest, I want to play very silly games. I don't want to play games that are too, too self-serious a lot of the time. Um, Last of Us notwithstanding. <laughs> but, but um, it just felt like, uh, 2001, it was, it really, it was, really, Grand Theft Auto 3 really was one of the main games that shepherded the video game industry into its kind of um, more popular era and its grown up era, I would say. For better and for worse. Yeah, sure, exactly. I, you know I, I mean? remember as a child with a single tear rolling down my, I could almost see it happen. I could almost see the mascot platformers, platform games like your Mario's, your Banjo Kazooie's, yeah. like Mario always endures. But I could see them falling away as the most ubiquitous popular video game franchise to be replaced with uh shooters and, and grand theft auto type games and that look but in in terms of the jack and daxter series it happened like overtly uh jack and daxter is a platformer kind of styled after like mario 64 kind of run around levels collecting shit its sequel is really gritty and it's set in a city and you're driving around letters to take up missions it's a complete <laughs> grand theft auto clone grand theft auto 3 came out and changed the whole fucking medium you know and influenced the whole medium absolutely and then the funny thing is, when Rockstar's other major hit, um, to me, table tennis, <laughs> bully. There's so many, so many games we could go to. That tennis game is fantastic, by the way. It is, by the way, fantastic. Yeah, it's one of the, it's it's the best table tennis game ever. Um, shouldn't How many right. other table tennis yeah, games yeah, have we played? I, can't, I can't, think of, can't think of another. Um, but th- there are other big, massive hits. The reason I love. Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2 to a slightly lesser degree. Um, it's a story. I think the story of, of one is is incredibly captivating, incredible incredible characters. Um, it pulls me in right into the end with John Marston, and, and, and that's why I loved it so much, even though it has the exact same uh, formula of, you know, get in your horse as opposed to a car, go to this red dot on the map, 
and then recycle, recycle, recycle. Mm. So it, it, yeah, GTA would probably be we you both would probably would have finished the games fully if the stories had been more captivating and a bit more a bit more engrossing. I think that's yeah, very for, fair. Yeah, for a developer that absolutely fancies themselves as you know you know purveyors of story driven experiences and and a lot of games with a lot of writing i think the red dead redemption games are their their high watermark in terms of writing um for me it's two i think two is the best writing they've ever had in the game i think it's the best overall story but when red dead redemption came out in 2010 i think i declared it to myself or to anyone who was listening that to be the best video game story ever told at the time i was completely enamored with it i was completely enamored with it at the time i loved it i love john marathon I'm 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 kind of a sucker for fucking sad cowboy stories anyway, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but <laughs> it's I, one of so my I, genres. <laughs> I think Liam kind of touched it on it in the head, right? It's like the GTA games for me never really had that much of an interesting protagonist. That that story that I wanted to see true from Tree, who was as I just found out unnamed at the time when that game came out, um, <laughs> to 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 San Andreas to Vice City. I think Vice City enamored me because of the change of environment yeah Scarface um, exactly a lot of yeah, neon lights yeah 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 um and then like San Andreas just didn't it didn't hook me it was like it was fun but it didn't hook me and then like I remember Nico from four yeah but again I actually I to be honest I thought that game probably doesn't actually get enough credit for its story but I for once I didn't enjoy how that game played it's kind of like they took it a step too far in the realism space yeah. for that time. And it just didn't necessarily like, it wasn't fun to drive very, in that game. Very gray um, and brown. And exactly. just very, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until um, red dead one. I agree with Liam that the, uh, you know, how the time frame in which I completed that game, because I fucking loved John Marsden as a character and the supporting characters in that game. Blue. I don't. I, I. I agree. I don't think there was anything like it at the time. You know but, what I mean. But you know what's interesting though. The three of us are kind of in the minority though, because if you go particularly with GTA Five, um, whenever that came out, like 2013. Yep. Crazy. It's still um, mm-hmm. still popular. But um, that was when that came out. Was heralded as like you know a masterpiece, uh, an incredible uh, story around current times, around popularity, around celebrity, around social media. Um, it was heralded as like an incredible uh, comment on uh, America at the time. Yeah, when wow. when we when we started doing this podcast, that's right. This is the, I'm going back to the when we started this podcast type of story. <laughs> I knew there'd come a time when I'd have to reveal my hottest of hot takes, <laughs> and I'm not talking about the online. Uh, I'm not talking about just playing the game and fucking around with it as you do with any Grand Theft Auto game, just wanting an anarchy. I'm not talking about its life with all the mod- PC mods that were made for it that kind of kept that game popular and kept it fresh. I'm talking about the single player story of Grand Theft Auto V is one of the worst single player games that a big company one of the big companies has made in the last 10 years. That, and, is, a, that is a hot take. Wow. And it's it's a personal thing. I fucking hate the writing in Grand Theft Auto V. I absolutely absolutely despise it. And all those things you said, right? That's absolutely what it presents itself as. Mm. But for me, it's such an abject failure. It's such a teenage, try-hard, wannabe Sopranos for babies. I really, really fucking hate it. And I hate... And I really just... Sopranos for babies? I I really hate how much... Isn't that Paw Patrol? 
<laughs> is this a bad time to introduce our sponsor this week? Rock and like I, said, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I, I try not to be too negative on this podcast. So this is really just a personal thing. Uh, it didn't, it, I bounced off it completely because I just, it annoyed me because I feel like if you want to make um, a game that's, you know, violent in a kind of a realistic way, not in a cartoonish fun way, that's sort of mean in its violence, you need to, you gotta need to have good writing that earns that. And there's a, there's a scene that in Grand Theft Auto V that forces you, the player, to play out a torture, a torture yeah. scenario through tedious quick time events and it was just the most try hard failure of a thing ever and i could just i could just imagine the grand theft auto 5 writers being like oh yeah we're gonna be so shock, shock so controversial yeah it was like that grand or that call of duty game that had you shoot up a bunch oh, of no russian shoot, shoot up a bunch of um people in an airport it was just what a, what a shit time for games when we had to fucking talk about this absolute dog shit that people were doing to try to make <laughs> games fucking controversial and hard hitting and shocking i really hate all that stuff but sorry, but I, what I will, what I will say, um, there was one really controversial thing about Grand Theft Auto Five when it came out. It was really divisive. But uh, can I just talk? Can I, can I just digress for a second? I about I want to talk about ludo narrative dissonance, which is I knew it. <laughs> Every he was alluding to it all this time. Every episode, yeah. It's ludo narrative dissonance is when. Uh, a game's story, written story, and its gameplay don't match up. Uh, I think a good example is is um, The Last of Us 1, which is a fantastic story about a guy who's bringing a teenage girl across a zombie-ridden America. But in the gameplay, Ellie is invisible to enemies, and she's invincible. Mm. So the gameplay never mirrors the fact that you're protecting this girl. So the story and the gameplay are kind of have different vibes and feelings. And uh, other side of that, when Grand Theft Auto, or sorry, God of War for the PS4, as you kind of shepherding your son across this land and but he grows as a character and as he grows as a character, his gameplay changes and he said you said as he gets stronger and more capable he becomes more useful in battle so you know it's it's, it's not a, a huge thing but that game has a narrative that reflects its gameplay and ludo narrative dissonance was one of the f- most popular armchair kind of game design conversations in the kind of 2000s of, you know, should games do this more? And Grand Theft Auto 4 was kind of thrown, it was kind of thrown out at once where you, it try, it's trying to be the serious HBO drama kind of type, type thing with Nico Bellic. But then when in the player's hands, Nico Bellic is an absolute psychopath. <laughs> you know, he's just crazy. So I think one of the most fun and interesting things Grand Theft Auto 5 did was create a character <laughs> that could embody what a kind of the player version of a Grand Theft Auto character would be in Trevor. So they made a guy who's just this absolutely disgusting agent of chaos, but he's the character that makes sense to act like act like he does. And when the player is in control of him, yeah, it makes sense he'd act that way. And I think that's the masterstroke of Grand Theft Auto V for me and all the other shit should have been scrubbed away in terms of that's the best idea it had. And that's the most fond um kind of opinion i have about that game and it's still, when i look back at it it's still my favorite thing but he was a very controversial character there was a lot of yeah. media outlets at the time saying he was a terribly bad taste to the i found all the other shit i found killing uh, a steve jobs analog with a bomb to be bad taste and completely unearned in in, in its kind of meanness and i found trevor <laughs> to be like very funny and like, <laughs> and this very interesting kind of idea well, i actually it. don't oh, I'm, I'm one of the 120 million people who doesn't own Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably the only one in the world because it's been re-released so many times. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, my my brother had it on his uh, his PlayStation, so I tried it out. Um, I like I've played like ten hours of that game, and I just 
they're they're just not for me. I've you, kind of just decided modern Grand Theft Auto is just not for me. Uh, yes. Four and sorry, Marcy, four and five are made by Rockstar North, uh, mm. the, the the Rockstar in Edinburgh. Do you think that's the factor? Maybe the switch switch of developer. I like the Scots. You know, like <laughs> that's not, not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Good bunch of lads, like. <laughs> That's how he was getting it. Um, but um, you know what I much prefer? I was, was going to say right there, but go ahead. This might be controversial. Is I actually loved L.A. Noir. Yes. Yeah, huge you know, fan. Agreed. I was a huge fan of that game. Yeah. And, you know, it got, it, it got mixed reception, I think. You know, a lot of uh, the big gameplay mechanic um, for L.A. Noir was really the step forward in the facial animations and you know playing as you essentially play as um cold detective uh, during cold, what the yeah. 1950s uh, um I, yeah yeah during the 1950s and uh 1950s la and as the detective in this world you when you're interrogating you're meant to read the facial expressions of the um the characters in the game and there's a, there was a lot of um, you know, real world actors who who were in that game, and it didn't. I don't think one. I don't think it pushed the envelope probably as much as they thought it did, and the, yeah. I, and I think that kind of was uh, why the, part yeah. of the reception the way it the was. The attempt, the attempt was glorious, though. Yeah, but, but at times it yeah. really, it really fell short. Yeah, well, there's a video that went around as a meme a while of one of the times <laughs> when that game completely failed. <laughs> the old ball dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the central mechanic in that game, if anyone doesn't know, is like interviewing people but reading their mm-hmm. facial cues. And sometimes it was brilliant for a game that came out in... 2011. Fuck. Are you, it's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insanity. It's, yeah. I, it's, sometimes huge, sometimes yeah. it was amazing to read subtle facial cues because sometimes it really felt like it wasn't handholdy at all. You really had to do use your kind of mm-hmm. gut to kind of... But then sometimes like this video, if anyone wants to look it up, if you look up LA Noir, I guarantee it would be in the first five uh, YouTube. Um, Sadly. Yeah, but it's just a facial animation completely. He's lying and he makes, he pulls this fucking cartoony grimace face and that's supposed to be the subtle <laughs> facial indication that he's lying. <laughs> it's very funny, actually. But I, and it's, it's, I remember showing that to my dad at mm. the time and saying, you know, as both of you know, big detective fan, as I wrote the other day, and he was like this is so cool. mysterious <laughs> but he was like this is cool you know this is yeah. this is something that would engage someone who isn't necessarily interested in in playing video games for for him he was seeing the technological leap or what they yeah. were proposing would be because I, I i'm pretty sure there was an early tech demo of what it was the like pre-rendered of what it was supposed to look like and then it came out and it, it's no it, just, it was nowhere near yeah. yeah but yeah. in terms of like obviously um mocapping and you know and facial animation in games has become much better but has anyone since la i'm, I'm asking this question i generally don't know has any game ever tried to use it as a mechanic like that again like i think Eleanor were really trying something with that something really ambitious for the time you know i don't i don't think it's been in, embedded in one of the core gameplay mechanics yeah, I don't Say, think so either, saying right? that saying it, makes that. It, it makes it very special like yeah mm. it does and i think the closest and Marcy, you've played it recently. Um, Detroit Become Human is it? It was again, right? It wasn't part of the core gameplay mechanic, but it was part of the gameplay experience. Yeah, if you get me, because you also play as a, 
um, a robotic detective and that is one of the characters and part of you know, yeah, Connor, yeah. crime scenes and, and seeing everyone it, it it was the one time I think that game did a brilliant job in terms of facial animations etc but yeah, did, yeah. it, it added uh, another element um, to it without being intrinsically you know what you're what you're focusing on from a gameplay perspective yeah but the, the, I and again I think it's a huge missed opportunity hmm. I and just to like so wrap up and then ignore but Again, though, I don't know if you guys played that game to the end. Um, no, yeah, I, I haven't actually. It. I haven't actually. It's very long, almost it unnecessarily is. long. As good it's, as much as I like, it's it? been re-released and everything. Yeah. It's on the Switch and everything now. I'd actually love to uh, get it again and actually try to finish it. But maybe you'll tell me not to finish well, it. Well, you yeah, going to well I, it's funny you say the Switch. So I finished it on the Switch last year. Um, mm. I, I got it during COVID just because it was something I wanted to pick up again. Um, it just, yeah, it just, it drags on for way too long. It just kind of runs out of steam again. Um, yeah. I almost want to say the spoiler, but maybe I won't. Um, no, I won't. I, you, you, I don't mind. I don't mind. mind. Um, hold on. We'll ask if the viewers mind. I mind. They, they, they're happy as Larry. Oh, Go on. Wow. Thanks, I was guys. saying boo words. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just, he just randomly dies. He falls down. Oh. He falls. Do you remember someone? He falls into like a, it's like a shaft and drowns. Jesus, and the game just ends, and like literally, the, so you're you're running after this this murderer. You're you're getting very close to him. Um, you kind of fall into like this shaft. It's raining. You, you get swept away with the current, and then the game cuts to his funeral. Um, Ooh. and then the game wraps up. Um, it says just, it says the real crime is humanity, <laughs> and it just ends. Is that it? Yeah, all you can hear is just me clapping. But um, <laughs> what um, I, I will use this opportunity to segue. They took a picture of your shocked face and put that in the game. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Am I lying? Am I telling the truth? Um, but can I segue to what I think is one of Rockstar's best games? No, um, I can't. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> um, but Max Payne. Um, have either of you played Max Payne? What are your experiences well, with Well, we've talked about Max Payne on this podcast before because you had to watch uh, the Max Payne movie for one of our you episodes. You didn't have to watch it. I did. No, no, it. That was no, his job. That was the little job we no, gave him. Yes, it was. Uh, so <laughs> patronizing and demeaning. Uh, I, I had suggested several games. And I was like, well, it's a good idea if you watch Max Payne. You know, we do, you, you're a big fan of the game. Um, and yeah, there's, like, there's, a couple, there's a couple of franchises. I'm, I'm, I'm a gamer boy. And there's, but there's a couple of franchises that I've just completely missed, and it it really, I really really want to play them. And Max Payne is one of them. I have not played a single minute of any Max Payne game. Can I throw something out there? Hmm. I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe it is. And Marcy, you'll probably know. Max Payne one and two weren't developed by Rockstar, correct? And Max Payne three was the one that was developed by Rockstar. Oh, God, I believe. Marcy, what have you brought to our Rockstar episode? Did I you believe. Research? I believe <laughs> it was uh, it was remedy. Uh, remedy, yeah. What's, what's more upsetting is that the guys can quite clearly see my face get illuminated <laughs> when I click into a different tab uh, <laughs> to find out that they are correct. That yeah, Max Payne one was. I can made see by... pictures of Lola Bunny in your eyes, Marcy. What are you? What are you looking at? You watching the trailer for the new Space Jam? <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It was it was remedy. Um, but we can still talk about Max Payne three. <laughs> Hold on, this is this is a good opportunity. Did, did Rockstar kind of buy Remedy? What's the story behind that? Why is why was Max Payne three made by Rockstar? Did they get the IP? Quickly, we are only uh, only the best of expertise here on this podcast. Um, I, I, I just say I'm so sorry. Oh, so um, po- I, I'm I'm fairly certain that they ported uh, later versions of the game. What they, hmm. I think they got the license and then ported. Uh, Max Payne to PlayStation and Xbox and Game Boy Advance, I believe. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. 
But if I was on um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Jeremy Clarkson and I was doing this $64,000 question. And is he hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, if, yeah. if it came up, it did... I know that it doesn't do yes or no questions, but if it did, and it, <laughs> it was like, did Rockstar make the first two um, uh, Max Payne games? I would have given an emphatic yes, Jeremy. Press the fucking button. You hack. That's what I would have said to him. Well, but no, I'm I absolutely a... shocked they didn't make those. I, is the third one any good? Let's talk about that. Let's get back on track. I've never played the third one. That was like a huge reinvention. You've never played the third one? I no, he's bald and has a beard. And it was like, oh, yeah. What was the deal with it? I have just I... described it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, you, you summed up pretty well, yeah. It was a departure, though, right? You know, it was the the first ones were very noir esque um, type of atmosphere. You know, a lot of uh, shades of black and and white. And what well, what? Well, the... I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm so disappointed. I can't talk about the first one. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day. It was a huge we're, game in my childhood. We're absolutely not going to let you as well. This is not good about Rockstar games. <laughs> We, have, we, have, we do remedy next week. We're probably not going to. Absolutely that. not. Okay. No, because it's uh, <laughs> the two of the games that I'm looking at playing right now, um, because I got them on um, Steam, is Alan Wake and Control. So I'm thinking of playing them back to back. I like Control. Yeah, Control again. Yeah. Isn't uh, isn't Alan Wake canon in? Yeah, exactly. Control. Actually, no. If we're not going to let Marcy talk about remedy games, we're not. We definitely shouldn't start talking about. <laughs> well, well, will I segue somewhere else then? Um, I'll Please. segue. I hope this is a game they made. Um, <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but two two game series they made that what I think kind of fall into the category again of this kind of poorly written kind of shock. Oh. Kind of, you okay. know, trying, trying to shock the the, 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 the player base. I'll um, fucking die if they didn't make this game. Man. It's <laughs> Bully, which they did make. Um, and didn't they make the Manhunt series as well? Please say yes. they did. Okay. The, the two series I haven't played. Well, series Bully isn't a series, I, right? There's only one. I also, unfortunately, have not played either of those. But Marcy, it's strange to hear you say that because through, uh, throughout the years, I've just had so many people sing the praises of Bully. Which wasn't called Bully in outside America. In Europe, it had a different name. They couldn't call it Bully. What was it called? Uh, it was the name of the school. It was Latin, like Et Bully. Uh, I, should, I don't know. But because um, that game was really... <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have even tried it. It's whole but, um... episode, man. <laughs> Et Bully. Whole episode, amateur hour, man. No, no, no. It's uh, The slapdash nature of it is, is the charm. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, because Bully was a really controversial game because everyone, you know... Oh man, this is the 2000s. The worst time for video game controversy in the mainstream press. Do you remember Jack Tretton, guys? Remember him? He was the lawyer who went after video games as a whole and tried to, you know, have them censored. Uh, it was a very bad time. But uh, Rockstar Games, Manhunt in particular, Manhunt was straight up banned. Mm. I believe it was a banned game. But uh, Bully was really controversial because everyone, uh, mothers were like, you can't have our children play games where you play as a bully. But that's not the concept of that game at all. I think you're fighting bullies, right? Yeah, Marcy? You're, sta- you're standing up to bullies. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always wanted to play that game because, I've, uh, as I said, so many people have sang its praises, but you didn't You didn't dig it that much? No, I didn't. Um, but mm. I will be honest, I was more really alluding to Manhunt uh, as, opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to Bully. I should, I should no, make this, 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 should make this broad sweeping statement. I, I, um, d- I, d- you know what? I didn't know you didn't play as a bully. You know, you don't. No. Yeah. No, you don't, no. I, and, and to echo Liam, it's one of those series that people, you know, in the, the gaming circles now, they really want that to come back. That's yeah. a lot of credit. Yeah. That's they like, really, yeah. really want that to come back. 
Tell me about Manhunt, though. Manhunt, which I have played, and I do, I do have thoughts on. Um, it was just shameless violence, man. Just Didn't they like, only yeah. do the second one? I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking. Oh with you. God, I'm mighty. I'm gonna retire. If anyone is looking to join a video game podcast, there is an opening. Um, as we'd like today. a sassy girl, please. I think that would really, that would really help their dynamic. Probably would. Um, but yeah, let's just segue somewhere else. No, tell us about Manhunt. Not say it was very violent. <laughs> yeah, that's I. That's always the impression I got. Like I was a, too much of a good boy. I was playing Ratchet and Clank at the time, but it was the game that people in school were like, "Oh, have you played Manhunt?" It's like, "Oh, you get to gut people and stuff like that." Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that. Well, it it tied in again to again just replicating what was happening in movies at the time, where the kind mm. of you know saw and these saw, yeah, torture, yeah, yeah, torture yeah, porn, yeah. torture porn, exactly it's like uh, Siberian film. You know, all these kind of things were coming out. Um, that really were just about violence to try and shock you as much as you could. It had no story. It basically kind of planned to do in this kind of scenario where to survive, you had to kill people in as many different ways. Prison. As Weren't you in a prison? Uh, that might be the second one. It could be the second one, but man, it was just, and like it's, the weird thing was, when I mean, you look back at it now, it looks so ridiculous because the graphics mm. did it so, so badly. Um, but it's just weird because I think Rockstar is such a fascinating company when you look at them. Um, and don't look at Max Payne 1 and 2, I guess. Um, <laughs> and kind of look at their catalog of games. Um, they're really hard to kind of pin down what their identity really is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, they're yeah, the quote-unquote mature company. It, they make mature cinema, cinema quality games, you know, and I, I think half the time they absolutely are that and half the time they aren't. Like I'm a big advocate of video game violence and movie violence and fake violence. It's fun. It's just, you know, this whole idea that it leads to real violence in real life, I don't believe. I think there's many, many other issues before you get to that being the reason. But I also believe that if you're making, um, I'm kind of repeating myself, but when I say Grand Theft Auto V, but if you're making really like gory, realistic violence, you need to you need to earn it. And I always, the Manhunt game always kind of smelt of that for me. It was just kind of violence for violence sake. Let's uh, let's fight the censors, you know? And I kind of, I have no time for that, to be honest. Another game around that time that I did have time for was uh, The Warriors. I Warriors never, that was the one, yeah, the one that was developed by Rockstar Toronto. Yeah. And I never played it, but I heard good, very good things. Yeah, it was mm. a kind of, as if people know, um, kind of an old genre beat em up. Uh, so Streets of Rage, uh, back in the Sega Mega Drive. Um, Final Fight and the Super Nintendo it was an old genre of just kind of, you know, just walking through a level in a linear fashion and beating up people. Uh, I played fine, wouldn't go on about it, but it was such a weird, it was clearly a passion project just because it's based on a 70s um, cult movie called The Warriors about uh, a gang in New York who have to fight their way through New York with all these other ridiculous, it's almost like an anime, The Warriors. They all, all, the all, the gangs have, all the gangs have different costumes and stuff like that. And it's really fun, a really fun movie. Uh, um but yeah, it's a prequel slash midquel to that movie that came out on the hmm. PlayStation 2. And it's such, I think it's great because what a bizarre project, you know? Someone, like I said, someone clearly, that was like just their their, fate, their their dream project and they got to make it. I still think it's one of the coolest, most interesting things Rockstar ever made. Table tennis. I never played table tennis. I remember that. That's like their only game that doesn't have any violence in it, right? Um, I, would, I would counter with one more game, which I am going out in the limb here. I'm pretty sure it's by Rockstar Games. Um, <laughs> Earthworm, Earthworm Jim. The no. Fir- yeah, no, the, no, first, no, no. the first Earthworm Jim was by Rockstar. No. For the, for the N64 version? That's- no, it was it was for the Super Nintendo and Sega Mega Drive. 
to go Google this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it was, Liam. Shiny. Oh, Earthworm Jim 3D. Oh, that's by ter- Rockstar Games. It's an awful that's game. Fucking awful. Awful. <laughs> it's one of the worst games ever made, isn't it? <laughs> that, that Superman 64. Um, I'm editing know- this week. I'm going to get rid of all of <laughs> you know, you're, you're flying it. You're absolutely flying it. Did you know um, Rockstar um, North, the guys who made Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 5, amongst others, made Lemmings? For oh, the, I fucking love oh, that. Wow. For PC and Super Nintendo Mega Drive, the game where you have to control green-haired little goobers um, and make them not fall off cliffs. Green-haired little goobers. <laughs> I think this is because we're, we're sort of flailing around wildly here. I think this is as good a time as any to talk about my favorite ever Rockstar game, which I played for the first time uh, two years late. I played it uh, during lockdown. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, the quintessential sad cowboy game. <laughs> and I mean this as... A, a kind of a veiled insult slash genuine compliment. Do you know what where I had at the moment of realization I had that really let me just knuckle down and get through that game? It's I I thought I started thinking about it as a hundred hour long walking sim, <laughs> like a, something like Gone Home or What Remains of Edith Finch, which are games specifically designed to be story first, and the, the gameplay is basically you just walking through a narrative. Grand Theft Auto, f- oh, nope. Red Dead Redemption Two, I actually think is a good game. It's a fine game. It's weirdly dated. Uh, no matter what the mission is, I, I saw a really good, inter- interesting piece of games criticism once uh, on a YouTube channel that I should be able to name drop, but I can't remember it. But um, it always stuck with me. He was talking about maps in uh, open world games, and he was saying you need to think about where games reside. What are you doing? Like, you the player, like, where where is your focus residing when you're playing a game? And Grand Theft Auto, shit, Resident, <laughs> Resident <laughs> uh, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption Two is one of those games where too much of your attention is looking at red dots on a radar to see where your enemies yeah. are, and looking at like whatever yellow dots to see where you're going next. As beautiful an open world as that game is, it it relies too much on. It's maps, and no matter what you're doing in that game, you know whatever fun thing they came up for the plot that your mission is doing, you're really doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. You do a slow, quiet part that has you walk into certain parts on a map, and then you do a shootout. And even the gunplay, which is supremely satisfying, it's it, it's not challenging. It's repetitive. It, it, yeah. it's, it's repetitive, and it's supposed to be. It's supposed to kind of feel cinematic and cool. But I hit a kind of a thing with that game where I did just thoroughly start enjoying it. And in terms of open world game design, I do think there was a really big effort to make that open world be cinematic, no matter what the play, what direction the player chooses to go in. Like, so I ended up, call it Stockholm Syndrome, but I ended up liking how much that game just made you ride on a horse for ages to get between missions just because I just found that world beautiful. Absolutely. And like, you, sometimes you come around a corner and you see a sunset over a mountain and I just think they did that on purpose. You know, they knew the player would be coming this way. They set this. They set this vista up. But uh, it's. But mainly, it's my favorite um, Rockstar game because I think it has a brilliant narrative, and it has a very simple narrative. And I think it's actually so. We talked about Mass Effect a few episodes back, and Mass Effect Two. How the kind of main goal of that narrative is to get you to like a bunch of characters before a big dramatic mission happens, like. Marcy, I think you've kind of criticized Red Dead Redemption's uh, two story before by saying, you know, you're in, you're in a gang. You play as Arthur Morgan, who's um, one of my absolute favorite uh, video game protagonists ever. He's a kind of the right hand man to um, a guy called Dutch in a, a gang of brigands. 
And uh, you saying, Martin, you say something like the game's plot is basically just Dutch fucking up and being an asshole all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, like the, the first games are my favorite games of all time, and I was very excited for yeah. two. Um, it, it is still, it's brilliant. It's a fantastic game, a piece of art. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that game could have been 20 hours less. True. Um, like just Dutch going, oh shit, Arthur, I've done this again. Fuck. Oh, he's being kidnapped. Let's go save him. You're like, Jesus Christ. No, but I see you're a part of the gang and the, and the game makes a very good point to have you let you play in your camp a lot and mm, walk around yeah. and talk to people. And at the beginning of that game, it's all parties and everyone's having a good time. And that game kind of charts the kind of degradation of that little band, this little surrogate family, as a, they become a kind of a family of ne'er-do-wells to just a bunch of bad people in each other's company. And it's uh, and there's some really, really brilliantly realized and written characters in that game. And I, I always give that game credit for, like, characters start dying off in droves in the latter half of that game. Yeah. And I'll give a game credit no matter how bland the gameplay is. If a game can make me emphatically shout out a character's name as he gets shot in front of me during gameplay. Like a Micah. I, yeah, yeah, Micah's the, the prick. But a, a character died in that, and I just literally earnestly just went, ah, no, well, as I was playing. And that, you know, the gameplay might not be good, but that game clearly had its its uh, claws in me at that point. And in Red Dead Redemption 1, Red Dead Redemption 2, they did a, Rockstar did a very cool thing, which <laughs> I'm going to describe in a not kind of cool way, which is um, making it bad so the story is good. I uh, back in back in 2010 I was very fascinated uh, at the ending of Red Dead Redemption 1 where you hit the grand finale and uh, the big mission with a lot of shooting and the bad guy dies and then the game continues on John Marston goes home to his farm and the gameplay becomes worse it becomes shit that you should be doing in the earliest stage of the game you start you're living a quiet life and you're you're um herding cattle and stuff like that and any kind of game design booklet would tell you don't have the player doing mundane, boring shit at the mm-hmm. end of the game like this. But it, it's to serve as a story. It's to give you, it's to give John's reward that you've been playing towards the whole time, only to have it uh, snatched from him very suddenly. And Red Dead Redemption Two also has a hugely long epilogue, actually, which is kind of that idea taken to the extreme. But no, uh, early on in Redemption Two, am I able to say spoilers? Have you finished it? So I haven't yeah. finished it, but I'm oh. fine. I'm actually fine with um, spoilers being. I thought you finished Red Dead Two. How do you? No, and it's. I was going to butt in, but Liam was on such a roll about. <laughs> oh, no, no, but like that. That it was the gameplay that made me fall off. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed all of the smaller and quieter moments in in Red Dead from a story and from a characterization point of view and. I, you know the the world that they build and like just just being there yeah was incredible but you know we we spoke about skyward sword quality of life kind of things it's like if rockstar were able to make it a bit more arcadey for me i don't think yeah. they want to though yeah. and, 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 and I you're 100 correct in saying yeah. they they don't they want don't. to yeah. it because that's not that's not the game they built right it's yeah. you you were truly meant to feel the monotony of only being able to carry one carcass on your fucking horse. Yeah. And you're meant to go through the struggle of skinning that carcass. That'll take X amount of time um, and then loading it and then shit going awry when you're on your way back to your camp. And then you kind of have to start from ground zero. It's it's and that Go ahead, Liam. That monotony, just it's like that. Exactly, you you hit the nail on the head. It ties exactly in what I was going to say. It's just I kind of struggled with that game of 
I really wanted to do side content because the writing and the story was so good. But I kind of realized at some point, if I was going to finish it, you know, this game was eating away at my time. I know I was in the middle of a lockdown, but time is still time. <laughs> and I was I was going to have to kind of just start doing the main missions. And there's a part early in that game where like Arthur Morgan, he's a part of this gang and he has to, he has to do, he kind of, he's kind of the muscle in, as well. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of, he's got to go rough up people because they owe the gang money. And I was like, oh, lads, this is like, this should be side missions. I don't, why, why are the main missions this? You know, I get you're trying to show the kind of every day of what Arthur Morgan does for a living going rough, but like, I have to go right after this place and do a little kind of crap story part where he roughs up a guy for money. I get what you're doing with the narrative rock star, clap, clap, you're very clever. But one of those missions ends up being absolutely pivotal to the overall story. And it's supposed to feel um, like nothing. It's supposed to feel just like an ordinary day. And it's supposed to be a re- one of the most uneventful things Arthur Morgan ever did in his life. But it ends up dooming him. He, uh, It's very subtle, but he gets um, tuberculosis off one of the guys who he's... Um, one of the guys who he's roughing up and it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a subtle moment it's a yeah. cough it's a cough and the game doesn't really uh draw attention to it, it um, it there is a kind of an odd kind of ambient moment where he's riding back to the camp and the sunset and there's music and i was kind of like oh but i and, it's and, it, you know and i i might be sounding a bit contradictory to myself here but like without spoiling anything you know the something like the last of us 2 is so purposeful and how hmm. it also has you played the game um you know almost being like a um a sim itself um but it's how it's how big something like red dead redemption 2 is that i'm the type of personality where i'm the fucking worst person ever in an open world because i see something yeah and i need to check it out you know what i mean that's why like that's why i can't play things like assassin's creed and and enjoy Mm -hmm. them anymore it's it's and I'm talking about wanting to get into The Witcher, right? But the, the, but the only reason why I would do that is because I would have it on the go. I would have my Switch that I could play in bed and I can play on but the toilet. It's, it's, it's a good back. point though, because I think I think they shot themselves in the foot with that a little bit because it has this beautiful world I want to explore and go see. Um, but man, it's like Red Dead Two. I, I really do love it, but like gameplay wise, it's just not an enjoyable game to play really at, at any point. Um, I played it almost entirely first person. Um, really? Yeah, I did. Just, just to, I, I love first person games more so than third person. It's like, oh, if the options there, I'll give it a go. Um, but like, for example, if you go into a house and you're kind of looting for stuff, um, you have to individually select every single item. Annoying, right? And hold down square hmm. for about three sec, or two seconds maybe, to pick that up. And then there's a whole animation where it goes mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. I think. There is, I, you're both absolutely right. They, they intentionally did that, right? They wanted to create the mundane life of what it was like to you know, live in the wild, wild west. But um, I'm playing a video game. Yeah. You know, and I do kind of want to enjoy playing it. I want it to, to come back to it. I don't want, you know, a mission to be a chore. Um, and that's where I think something like, say, The, the Witcher has a, has a more of a, you're probably right, more of an arcadey feel where they, they kind of, they're a bit more in between, you know, a brilliant story, but also enjoyable gameplay. I just think Red Dead for me, it just went too much to one side of the fence. And I, I completely agree with you, which is kind of why I was kind of emphasizing that point. I do think there's some just genius um, interactive storytelling things in Red Dead too. And I think how much I enjoy the characters in that story elevates it, even though I think it's way too long. Um, way too long. Even how if much just time did you end up putting into it? Liam? I think about fifty hours. Really? I think. Yeah, forty maybe. Um, but um, 
I just think it's my favorite Rockstar game, um, and it, it's not really because of the gameplay. I just love that story. And More it, so um, than Max Payne would. <laughs> well, I can't include that. I tore it, I tore the poster down off my wall as it was revealed <laughs> that it wasn't a, a thing. But Rockstar but, now have a very interesting uh, path ahead of them, right? It's like the success of... Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five Online has created a what you know what is Rockstar and what is Grand Theft Auto and what 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 are these games going to be uh, moving forward? So like all rumors point towards a for Grand Theft Auto Six, all rumors are pointing that it's going to be set in Vice City, but it's actually going to be um, an uh, an evolving world. So over time, the game will change kind of like um, GTA Online, where, you know, it, it can be different from event um, event to event. I'm, so, I, I'm into it. That sounds good. I'm not so precious about um, the traditional Grand Theft Auto single player. I think that, that sounds interesting to me. What about you, Marcy? Have you ever played the online versions? I've played it, yes. Good laugh. They're good fun. Good laugh. Yeah, yep. I, I think um, for GTA, you know, I, if you enjoy um, driving around the city and just having some dickhead just kill you every five minutes, it's good fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, 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 I read Dead Online is actually good fun, man. I, I'm actually, I act, funny enough, they released it um, as a standalone and I actually downloaded it for PC because I heard the PC community was a bit more, um, a bit more civil. Welcoming. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. I played a bit of time with it and then I tried to convince the both of you to, to play with me and you both just kept saying like, yeah, I did. Tried to ask you about a bunch of times. Liam was always like, "Oh, I'm getting my nose hairs trimmed," and Owen was always like, "Oh, I've got Pilates or whatever it was." That's code for I'm getting my pubes trimmed. Honestly, you really want it? Are we going to leave that on? The, okay, we're going to leave it on the podcast. I have a little fact for you before we go. A little, a little bow tie to tie into this into this rock star uh, conversation. Did you know? No. That when um, no the American government um, murdered Osama bin Laden, and they ra- and they raided his, where are we going? And they raided. I know his, what this is about. By the way, this is they raided his house. He had a copy they, of Max Payne One. Is that they, um, they got onto his computer and they found, amongst other things, emulators uh, full of. Um, hold on, I wrote it down. I don't know what this is. Hentai games. Don't know what that is. Um, maybe a listener can write in and tell us. But they also found a copy of um, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the 3D or for the DS. So this was Hey Look Listen. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, got a little bit um, slapdash there in the middle, but I think we pulled through in the end. I am glad I had that gem uh, to, for the ending of the podcast. But um, Why didn't he just buy like a 3DS or a Vita or whatever that was? He was hiding, know. wasn't he? Yeah, it wasn't the go. Where's, where's he going? Like? All right, you've made your point. Um, everyone, thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, I was Liam Sheehan. I was joined here by the incomparable Owner Reardon and Jonathan Marcy, and we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Please don't, please don't stop listening. Bye. <laughs>